Back in the day when I worked at one of the restaurants, we had a pizza oven as well. It was gas, but sometimes the cooks would just make the most bizarre pizzas that we could think of. And one day the prep cooks were making lunch and one guy was like, I'm going to make a cheeseburger pizza. Another guy's like, I'm going to make a, a barbecue rib pizza. And like they would do these dumb <laughs> things. But instead of just having like the pulled pork on it, like they would do like the pulled pork, but then they'd also put on like potato salad ingredients and like garnish it with coleslaw and like stuff like that so you kind of get the whole thing but like on a pizza yeah pretty sure that's the first time i've ever had any kind of potato on a pizza and then never again until this place started doing that wow welcome to taste bc radio where we're going on a journey to explore restaurants breweries wineries and just about anywhere where we can eat or drink local I'm Jeff. And I'm Dan. And we are talking twice a month about local BC food and drink. If you want to join in on the conversation, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at TasteBCRadio. Or email us at host at TasteBCRadio.ca. All right, tasters. Let's get into it. Hey, Dan. Hey, Jeff. Is it uh, hot in there? Always. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of. It's it's funny because, like... It's actually like cooled down. I'm wearing pants for the first time in what months, but you're sitting here shirtless. So well, getting it like, to get to the gun show, <laughs> <laughs> more like lack of gun show. Um, yeah, we. You got to get your dad bought on now. That, I do. Uh, I do. Yeah, dad bought all the, the little way. ones here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I um I find like the fall and like spring when it's like sometimes warm, sometimes cool, annoying with the heat pump. Only be only because like. It's really, really nice in the morning when it's cool because it's nice and mm-hmm. warm in the house. And then it starts getting warmer outside so that it gets more warm inside just through like sun on the windows and stuff like that. And then I'm like trying to figure out how to change the settings without it getting too cold. And then it gets too cold because it's so efficient and works so well. And then I'm like, well, damn it. Um, so can, I think my... Can my, you just set a temperature and then it does all the work for you? Or do you have to change it from hot to cold each time? I do, So because ours is two-tiered, um, so it's one one system with two zones, um, yeah. it can't run like hot and cold at the same time on different zones because the of course, refrigerant yeah. lines run differently. And that's only... We had the option of doing one zone, but because like the downstairs is like partially on slab and then on crawl space, it's like kind of... And just the way the house is laid out, it's a bit, it would be really difficult to get like the same temperature throughout the house if we were to do one zone system. So it's just like, I think our strategy right now is if it gets too warm, we just open windows, which is good anyway, because you want some fresh air to come in to the house because it doesn't like, it doesn't bring air into the house. It just circulates it. So hmm. yeah, so that's, and like, I've heard this from a couple of people, other people that these like the fall and spring are just kind of annoying and you just have to kind of figure out a good strategy that works for your house but it's like it's not boiling hot i'm just very cozy right now and i can wear shorts interesting and with no shirt so like such a first world problem so yeah (laughs) yeah i guess maybe it just needs a little bit better distribution of the air around the house so that when it gets a little warmer upstairs it'll take that downstairs instead of heating up downstairs or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they can run independently as well. And we have like returns that are fairly close together. So they would pull like if the downstairs runs, it pulls air down into it. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Well, uh, it, it, 
overall like it works really really well it's just finding like finding like a strategy that just works for this time of the year it's literally just this time in this in the summer when i just leave it on cool it's amazing it keeps it mm-hmm. so nice in here and in the winter but, but do you have to do you have to manually switch it from hot heat heater to cooler yes uh and it's literally just oh. two buttons that I push. Right. I see. I would have thought that that would have been automated. So when it needs to heat, it switches to heat. And when it needs to cool, it switches to cool. Yeah. I think that would, that would, that's how it works. If it's a one zone system. Uh, I see. Yeah. Um, and I think the, just the way the house is laid out, like it's quite long, like width wise. So like having the, um, cause the calculation becomes like, you can only have a certain amount of feet of refrigerant line for the size of unit that you have. So we would be, we're already kind of stretched because it's on one side of the house and the refrigerant line, refrigerant lines go all the way to the other side of the house. Right. right so we're right. at that kind of, I think it's around 50 feet mark of of total refrigerant line for in unless we wanted to upgrade which would be a lot, a lot more expensive and right and like a bigger one is is uses more power and stuff like that so that like there's a lot of calculations that go into it but yeah. um and the well, other you're still way better off with this as it is oh 100 <laughs> percent yeah. than a furnace or a furnace and or ac unit absolutely it's so, like it's so cheap to run like and uh and when it like i don't think it's not working it's it's doing exactly what it's supposed to do it's just the outside temperature is changing like from day right. to night it happens kind of in the spring as well um, just because it's like cool, like quite cool yeah. at night, so the house cools yeah. down overnight, and then it gets warmer throughout the day. So it's kind of finding a, finding a balance. And, yeah, uh, so, sounds like the mechanics are working great, and oh, 100%. The, the 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 human error is what's causing issues. One hundred percent. So I'm just basically <laughs> like I'm setting it to heat, and I'm if it gets too warm in certain rooms, I just open windows because it's probably better anyway to get fresher right. air into the house more often anyway. I used to think like I want it because it's going to cool the house down, which makes the heat pump work more and like making and us using more energy. And now I'm like, I don't really care. It uses such little energy that it doesn't really matter that much. Yeah. As long as you don't have the windows open and still have the heat on. Yeah. That would be stupid. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, And the other, the other thing is we could just turn one of the zones off and then it would just do its thing on one zone. So anyway. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm back in school, so that's oh, always man. fun. Yeah. Already? It and seems like you were done just like yesterday. <laughs> I know. And and it's funny because the speaking of this, uh, so many of the classrooms are so hot right now. Oh, no. Because really? I guess they haven't got the AC going or they just heat up really quickly because of like bodies in the room. Like the class I had yesterday... Uh, sorry, two days ago uh, was a three-hour lecture, and every seat in the lecture was filled. Oh, and it wasn't it wasn't a big group. It wasn't it was maybe you know eighty people, but it was a seventy-eight seat <laughs> lecture hall or whatever. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was very um, very tight. Yeah. And a little stuffy. Uh, yeah, it got got quite stuffy, and you're sitting really close to the next person, which is kind of weird these days. Uh, especially after COVID and, yeah. you know, everyone, unless you're like good friends with them, tends to seat with at least a seat in between. Right. And most lecture halls are able to accommodate that with a few exceptions of the smaller kind of classrooms where you're at like tables and chairs instead of, um, so it's, it's, it's not like, and it's not like they don't have enough rooms to do that mm-hmm. because it just seems like they're like, oh, this is an 80 person. Well, it's going to default to this smallest possible one without, uh, getting it. So yeah. Yeah. Without I don't know. I don't know who's the who's the system scheduling that maybe it's ai and they're just trying to 
chat GPT. Wean us off GPT. one at a time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, this is how the uh, the AI war starts. Yeah. And it's funny because they, they definitely have favorite rooms uh, oh. for classes because there's, you know, hundreds of rooms that you could have lectures in, in, in all of SFU between the three campuses. Mm-hmm. And clearly they try to prefer uh, Burnaby most of the time, uh, right. with the exception of sometimes they do some stuff at uh, Surrey because of, uh, they want it to be more accessible. Like they, they'll offer um, different versions, or different sections of the class right. at Surrey so that it's more accessible for students coming from there. Uh, so if they have like multiple sections. Um, but Every single semester that I've been there, I've had at least one class in the specific classroom. Hmm. Uh, and so every single time, there's, I've had some business classes, some environment classes, some geography classes. Every single semester I've had, I, it's, it's kind of a something I look forward to. I'm like, oh, I'm registering for, the, for my next semester. I wonder which class is going to be in that classroom this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that makes yeah. some sense with some of the bigger lecture halls, but this is like a particularly small classroom too, which is really funny. Oh, that's funny. So they must have like a, a list where like this one's listed first and they'll, they'll fill that first and then go to the next one or whatever. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah. It's pretty funny. I don't miss school life. Not going to lie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yours, yours is, a little different too because mine was quite different yeah yeah it was you know a lot more practical stuff and yeah. it was very hands-on it was like when i went to culinary school it was you know we had an hour lecture and then we were in the kitchens cooking for the other six hours of the day yeah uh, and then we did that five days a week for five weeks and then we were off to the working world so um this yeah this is different like my program doesn't even have a cohort Right. Officially, because really? like, yeah, because it's such a small program that oh. um, we, we don't even have our own advisor. We have we have to split our questions between two different advisors, one for each the business and environment oh, side. Geez. For those who don't know, I'm doing a program called Sustainable Business, which is a joint major with business and environment. It's very different because I'll have some repeat students in some of my classes, but, you know, almost never have I had a student that's been in a business class and one of my environment stream classes. Like I'll have a bunch of students I recognize from the business side and a bunch of students I recognize from the environment side, but very, very few, if any, um, have I seen on, on both sides. So it's pretty funny. Hmm. That is so funny. Yeah. <laughs> but almost done. Two You're more semesters. Two two more semesters including this one and I'm very excited to get out to the back to the world. So your next world. semester will be your last one. That's right. Oh, yeah. Dang. That's yeah. so exciting. And and hopefully the worst of it's behind me too, so yeah, in yeah. terms of yeah, your workload last... and stress, yeah. Yeah, your last one was brutal. <laughs> you could say that, yeah. <laughs> that's one way to put it yeah but i mean it gives me the confidence for this semester and i am s- the most relaxed going into this semester that i've ever been um since i've returned to school because i just i don't have like if i i know that if i was able to survive that one i'm gonna be able to survive this one so i totally, feel pretty yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh den what i got on untapped finally yes you did finally yeah and I've been going on a beer tasting rampage. Yes, you have. Tell me more. Tell me more what you think. It's fine. It's it's less work than I expected. I was thinking that you'd have to rate like different categories of like, but you just rate overall. But it's really hard to start on Untapped because you're like, oh, what do I rate this? The very first beer. Oh, what do I rate this out of five? And you're like, I don't know. I have, I have nothing to compare it to. <laughs> so I, I don't know if I've told you this, but I use their rating system a little bit differently. You'll probably notice that my uh, ratings tend to be on the higher side than normal. And the reason mm-hmm. for that is I want 
my my kind of scale, and you may roll your eyes at me, and that's fine. <laughs> my scale is if I were to try it, if the bare minimum that I want a beer to be on untapped is a four. A four means I'm going to try, I will look out for it, and if I see it and are in the mood for that kind of beer, I will have it and happily have it. The reason I do that is I don't want, I hate, like, the idea of, like, a really bad rating or, like, even, like, a three or something bringing their ratings down, even if it's, like, a decent beer that I would have again. So I've kind of, like, shifted their weight over towards, like, the four. And so right. if, I, if I don't like a beer, if, and the, the, where it gets gray is, like, the 3.75, I'm like, oh, this is, like, good, but it's not, like, I, I've either had something that's equally as good or or I just wouldn't right. look out for it again. So that's that right. I, that it kind of might explain to you why you, oh my god his like average rating is 4.06. Yeah, which is yeah. quite a bit higher than the rest of yeah. untapped. So that's kind of my thing. I don't like throwing breweries under the bus and if I of course. if a um if I like it and I would have it again, it automatically gets a 4 and then I'll scale up from there whether like how much I like it and stuff right. like that. And that way So I you you start you start higher up, but your your scale is quite a bit thinner than than yes. most the margins. Totally. Yeah, I, I I do something similar. I mean, it's a bit funny because I mean, if I'm choosing the beer, there's a good chance I'm going to like it. Yeah, right? totally. Uh, so, so I don't really rate anything under three unless I don't like it and would actively choose not to have it again. Totally. Uh, which I don't think is a bad thing. It, mm-hmm. it, my rating and my taste buds don't necessarily mean that you would have the same experience. But totally. for me, I know. And maybe I can eventually see trends. Oh, every single, you know, Pilsner I've had, I've disliked or whatever. That's yeah, not yeah. true. I like Pilsner. Yeah, but... Um, but for me, it's like five out of five is I would look for this to have again and be excited to have it again. Yeah. Four to five is I would be happy to have this again. And if it was on a menu, I would consider choosing it. Three out of five is I've enjoyed this, but I don't need to have it again. And two out of five would be like two to, to three would be like, I didn't really enjoy this. And I would choose something else over this. And if I were to ever get something that would be a one is like, I would actively stay away from this. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of the way I envisioned it in yeah, my yeah. mind. Most of my ratings have been between the three and five mark. Yeah. Um, two have hit five. Uh, the Arizona beer from Steel and Oak, which I have so, mentioned on the podcast before so. was my first five out of five. Nice. Um, but yeah, the, anyway, the, the, the main reason why I bring it up is because if you're on Untapped and you want to join our group, which we started, uh, we have a TasteBC group with uh, me and Dan in it, yeah. uh, you feel free to reach out and we can become friends on Untapped and I can add you to the group and you can see what we're tasting and maybe get a sneak peek at what we might be talking about. Absolutely. It's a fun app. It's very, very entertaining. I like being able yeah. to toast people, which is their kind of like... Yeah. Uh, I've had breweries like toast my ratings before and stuff like that Amazing. It happens fair, fairly often. And, uh, uh, and you can comment on people's talk. I like the, I, you might think differently, but I like the, like, what did you, it's kind of like, what did you taste in this beer, the fra- mm-hmm. flavor profile? And they have quite an extensive list of flavors and it's really yeah. interesting to see where, so my wife and I will taste something and we'll like share what we thought of it. And like our palates are different. And so she tastes something different that I didn't taste and I taste things yeah, that yeah. she doesn't taste. And it's a really interesting way to gauge like what people's palates are like when you like yeah. taste something different. So, or when you taste the same beer together. If I leave a comment on like what I thought about it, can you see that? Or yeah. is that only for me? Oh, okay. So if I put like, I enjoyed this beer, but I had it out of season, so might enjoy better and whatever. Yeah, then. Yeah. 
yeah. You'd be able to see that or whatever. 100%. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so uh, feel free to reach out. Host at tastebcradio.ca if you want to get added to our untapped list or uh, reach out through the socials. <laughs> Anything else new for you? I go back to work on Sunday, which is Holy wild. smokes. I know. Yeah, I know. This has uh, gone by quite quickly. But it actually kind of works out quite well because I misread our uh, collective agreement. And I've actually been on leave without pay for the last couple of weeks. So, uh -oh. <laughs> yeah, that's not not a great thing to to realize, but it's okay. Um, I, uh, yeah, yeah, it's my own, it's my own fault. And I'm just, I'm more happy to have the time off and I don't mind. It just eats into my savings a little bit, which is fine. Yeah. It is what yeah. it is. So again, and, first one. And you're problems. getting back in, back into work and I'm sure it'll be exactly. totally fine. It's it, it. the good thing about your industry is there's always shifts to pick up if you need to. Absolutely. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Which sucks for mom and, and you know, like home life and whatever, but totally, uh, you know, sometimes if, you got to get it done if you need it. Or you're saving for something specific, then yeah, it's great. It's <laughs> there. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I also have like 12 and a half hours, I think. Or is there about eight between eight and 12 hours of mandatory uh, uh, education that I have to do online? So I will oh. submit that for pay as well. So that's good. Which is awesome. So yeah. another perk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but other than that, like I'm kind of getting myself right back or kind of getting myself back into um that kind of mindset i guess and uh just trying to like refresh my knowledge and stuff like that a little bit yeah. so i'll be looking at electrocardiograms on online and kind of going through my own my old notes and just to make sure my uh <laughs> my um my mind isn't quite well coming back with uh fresh and also with uh um the knowledge back there so i don't yeah, struggle yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> and lean on my coworkers too much <laughs> yeah you're gonna be rusty yeah, it's going to be weird. I, yeah. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, if you live in Victoria, don't uh, have any cardiac problems in the next yes. uh, two weeks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Or just be really close to the to the hospital. All right. This week we are talking about pizza, which I think we've only done once before. Yes. And uh, through this uh, little bit of research, I've actually found that there has been a few more like locally owned pizza joints that I hadn't heard of before or I just hadn't been before. Um, this one is a little bit of a more interesting one, a little bit more outside the box, uh, pun intended. It's a place called Bicycle Pizza. And first okay. off, it's called Bicycle Pizza. It's uh, located out in Brentwood Bay on Vancouver Island. So uh, one of the small communities out in uh, by where the ferry lands. Contrary to the name, they don't uh, deliver pizza by bicycle, although that would be really cool. That was uh, my first guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's uh, their metaphor for their business. And like so, the, what they say is, like a bicycle, the business is flexible, agile, and has a low footprint. Okay. That also uh, kind of sits side by side with their, their motto or their state of mind as they describe it, which is work hard, ride bikes, and eat pizza, <laughs> which I love. Sounds pretty good um, to me. Yeah, right? It really started in October 2020 where uh, the owner or the founder, whose name is Andrew Johnson, he worked at a... Uh, cafe out in Brentwood Bay that actually holds it's like it's a bigger building that holds multiple businesses within it so there's the cafe and then they have like a um a, a pretty substantial like kitchen attached to it as well and uh then they have some like clothing companies as well that are that hold this so it's really it's really nice for the businesses to share this so they don't so it's not one business is taking on like the property taxes and all the all the fees that come for from running a business and in, in a community 
Um, right. So it's kind of split between the multiple businesses. And what they did was um, uh, Andrew Johnson came to the owner of the bakery and was like, I used to work at a, uh, at, a, at a pizza joint here in Victoria. I have quite a bit of experience. Like, what are, you, what are your thoughts on running like a pizza program at night after the cafe shuts down? And so this started in October of 2020. And in February of 2021, uh, it kind of, it started, it, it became an actual business called Bicycle Pizza. So they were takeout only. Uh, customers could order pizza and there's a set time where you come and pick it up. And what they, their idea behind it was limiting the number of people within their uh, business to, right. to start with. But it also... Their, their, their idea was that um, this gives it a little bit of predictability and uh, people can then plan their day around when they're going out to pick up their pizza for either lunch or dinner or whatever. Right, right. And uh, then it, it kind of molded into this. He, uh, he kind of stumbled randomly onto a really good frozen pizza recipe. And now this has become like more of a frozen pizza business, believe it or not. Oh, what funny. they do is monthly subscriptions to local businesses around Victoria and Vancouver Island, and they get a certain number of pizzas per month, and then the, which they can sell within their uh, um, within their business. And uh, it's taken off quite substantially, actually. They've done very, very well for themselves. There's a couple of local breweries that carry them. Twa Dogs and Saanich carries them, which is where I've had them. Uh, before and they're absolutely delicious right um riot brewing is another one uh they also sell them through beauregard which is the cafe uh and haw's sausage company which is a local uh, butcher shop here in victoria um so really interesting business model that you can actually now uh go in and uh pick up pizza fresh but they've cut their main income is actually from frozen pizza which i found really interesting and cool yeah no that's really cool because they don't have to worry about like keeping it hot or hitting this quality it's like here is this stable product and you can do with it as you please basically yeah absolutely (laughs) yeah no that's awesome The, the really cool thing for them is they don't like you said you don't really need any special equipment uh they had to tweak their recipe a little bit to make it so you could bake it in any oven like that, um, uh, so at home or in a business or whatever. So right. you said there was a little bit of tweaking there, but um, they their dough itself is uh, flour, water, salt, and yeast. And what yeah, they do perfect. is they also do a 24 to 36 hour long fermentation. Uh, with oh. also, with a little bit of 5% whole wheat added into that. And no starter, just Canadian flour, which I found really interesting. The long <laughs> fermentation apparently adds flavor to it, but it also makes it easier to digest and easier on the stomach, apparently. Right. Right. Um, which is really cool. Really interesting. Um, other things uh, along with this that they support local businesses, which is great. Their their meat is from Hans uh, for some of their pizza. They get their vegetables and the ingredients to make their crust and toppings to wear their pizza are all from the island. Most of them, I believe, are from the Saanich Peninsula. So like within the, the area, which is great. It's amazing. Um, yeah, it's really, really cool. Uh, they make on average of 50 to 75 pizzas a day, and they are also able to do a pop-up once a month da- in downtown Victoria because of their way the way that they do their business. They have this flexibility to do, sell them on multiple different fronts and do it quite easily and cost-effectively and with a very minimal to no waste as well, which is really good, obviously, for sustainability, but also as a business model, you have a lower overhead with them sharing their space with other businesses within the same complex yeah yeah 
than uh, making this a more making a pizza that you can basically freeze and then anybody can enjoy and also other businesses can purchase and have as like a, uh, as a hallmark for their own business as well. So I think it's a really, really interesting way of doing, doing business. And uh, they've obviously done a very, very good job. My, my favorite of theirs, um, which I have pretty much every time I or, or have had it is their uh, grapes and honey, which is a sweet onion, matzah, ricotta cream, roasted grapes, spicy honey, toasted walnut, and basil. And it is so good. <laughs> it is absolutely incredible. And I never thought I'd want grapes on a, on a pizza. It kind of brings up the whole like pineapple on a pizza. Is it a thing? Yes or no? And I, uh, I absolutely love pineapple on a pizza. I don't care. Yeah, I saw is. an Instagram video. This guy does a series on like controversial toppings. Yeah. And I mean, some of them I wouldn't say are very controversial, but one of them I saw mm-hmm. was grapes and he did it or whatever. And then it was like 10 out of 10. I was like, that's, I don't, uh, I mean, yeah. I'll try it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. I, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but they Funny. have like. They have other options. They have meat versions. So the Haas Party, which is from their uh, pasture-raised heritage breed pork from Haas Sausage, is tomato, sausage, ham, bacon, pepperoni, chili, matzah, and oregano, a.k.a. real pizza flavor, (laughs) (laughs) which I found kind of interesting. Um, Their pep and pine also sounds really good. It's tomato, Haas, pepperoni, bacon jam, roasted pineapple, and roasted pineapple, sorry. Uh, Their cheese pizza contains tomato, matzah, basil, and ricotta whip which is really, really sounds very lovely as well. So all these are, you can get from fresh. And then I believe, I don't know if they do all of their, all of their different pizzas frozen. I couldn't tell you that off the top of my head, but yeah, I know they do their great, the grapes and honey one frozen and it is fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. I have also just realized found that they are able, they sell these pizzas frozen in grocery stores around Victoria as well. So Red Barn Market carries them, Peppers Foods, uh, and the Urban Grocer, which is pretty cool. Sweet. Yeah. I was going to ask if there's any way to get them at home too. Yeah. They're all, it looks like they're only available in, on Vancouver Island. So unfortunately for you, no, uh, unfortunately no for pizza. me, I'll be there in a couple of weeks. Yeah, you will. <laughs> I'll bring a cooler. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's about what I have to say about bicycle pizza. A brilliant, brilliant pizza and a really, really interesting backstory while also supporting local businesses around right. them as well with fresh, fresh ingredients. So you can actually still go in. Yes, you can. And yeah. get one, yeah. Yes. So there's a fresh pizza menu, and then uh, they have their frozen pizzas like found in different stores and uh, businesses around Victoria. Yeah, that's Victoria. great. Yeah. What a great idea. Very cool. So if you find yourself around Brentwood Bay or Central Saanich, uh, you can find Bicycle Pizza within Beauregard Commons Cafe at 1191 Verdier Ave. Amazing. I can't wait to try it. Oh, yeah. So Jeff, yes. what have your taste buds been dipped in lately? <laughs> Dip, dipped in? Just okay. <laughs> I, I'm just gonna leave that. So, <laughs> when we first started this podcast, do you remember I talked about uh, nude beverages? They yeah, yeah. released a pink lemonade. Yes. Okay, so that was kind of a new venture for them, and they started off with just kind of vodka sodas, and then they branched into a little bit of. Um, gin sodas and tequila sodas and they've experimented with some different flavors over the years uh, but they have their their main uh, staples the great thing about them is they're 100 calories no sugar added all that kind of stuff um, and then they started experimenting with 
something they called nearly nude, which was like uh, vodka uh-huh. soda with a little bit of fruit juice in it. So it had a little bit of added sugar, but it was all natural sugar. Um, I found those a little bit too sweet, especially because I'd gotten used to the nudes at that point. Right. Uh, and then they started experimenting with, they were like thinner cans or more colorful, and they would be um, like more elaborate flavors. And Pink Lemonade really is the one that kind of launched that off of um, and it just absolutely took off. And so anyway, I talked about it back then when it first came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and since then, they tried a bunch of different flavors. And a few months ago, they released uh, all at once. They released a regular lemonade and a blue raspberry lemonade and a mix mm-hmm. pack of them. And so I've been crushing those lately. Ooh. But just recently, I have no idea when, but it was like in the last couple of weeks, they launched an orange lemonade. What? Yeah, and I just happened across it at a uh, independent liquor store down the road from me, and it's so new. It's been posted on Instagram, but it's not even updated on their po- on their products list on their website yet. Uh, so I don't know if it's a limited series or whatever, but it doesn't say anything about that. But oh man, this is oh. so good. So <laughs> I would say so. My actually, my favorite is the lemonade flavor. The plain lemonade. The pink lemonade is really nostalgic and it's fantastic. It's only just a just a step behind the regular lemonade, but I like the little bit of tartness from the lemonade flavor. Yeah. Um, and the orange lemonade is right up there with the pink lemonade. Uh, my wife likes the blue lemonade the best. I I have never really How been many like colors a big... of lemonade. Do they have? <laughs> so, well, okay. So there's pink lemonade, which you know, yeah. and then yeah. they released the regular lemonade, which is yellow, obviously, and then the blue mm-hmm. raspberry lemonade, which is the blue one, uh, and then they just released the orange one. And so I'm hoping this is just going to be continuing as a series. Like I, I, I'm really just I love it so much. So I mean, they're working their way through the, the citrus fruit, right? So you got the yeah, lemon, yeah. pink lemonade, which is like kind of like grapefruit. It was not grapefruit. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm hoping they come up with a limeade soon. Oh, that would be yes. that would be really great. Anyway, I'm all for it. The The orange lemonade is just fantastic. So it's not in the BCLS yet, which um, hopefully it is soon. But the uh-huh. local liquor store, the, the, the independent near me, uh, I, I tried to see if I could find other places that it's available on their website. Like I said, it's not even posted in the products yet, but it's an wow. absolute must try. It's like a creamsicle, but it doesn't have the vanilla. Um, <sighs> but um, you can kind of like, it kind of has the nose of a creamsicle. Like you kind of smell like a vanilla, but it doesn't yeah. like taste vanilla. So yeah, it's very, very good. That's so, that sounds so good. Yeah. Yeah. Super refreshing. Um, kind of the wrong time of year to, to release it because summer's yeah. over, but, uh, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be drinking it year round for sure. Oh, sounds delightful. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard of orange lemonade. That's uh, like two very citrusy things put together. Yeah, I, I, I was I was kind of worried that it would be like a um, like Tang. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if you remember Tang, but uh, oh, but yeah. no, it, no, it's perfect. Like it's so good. It, I, I I wouldn't change a thing about it. I could drink it for days. Um, oh, yeah. But like I said, I hope there's a lime. And a few years ago, uh, they did an advent calendar, and there was a cucumber flavor and it's the only time they released that flavor but that one was one of my favorites they've ever released too and i've i've been messaging them on instagram saying please bring that one back and they said maybe (laughs) but that's okay the orange the orange uh lemonade will very i'll be very happy to drink until the day comes when they finally release the the cucumber again (laughs) that's amazing (laughs) yeah all right dan i would love to know what you've been tasting or dipping your taste buds in apparently because you nice. drink drink like a dog <laughs> <laughs> nip 
Um, I have an interesting one, and I have uh, dabbled in uh, beers that are outside of Vancouver Island for the first time in a while. I shouldn't say that, but I shouldn't say for a while, but for the first time in a little bit. And I want to talk about Wild Eye Brewery's (gasps) Watermelon Candy Sour, because it is absolutely delicious. And it is, um, it tastes like, oh, it's got this mouthfeel of, you know, those like little watermelon candies, which I'm pretty sure it was what it's oh, yeah. based off of the, like with like the powdered sugar off of it, the carbonation and the flavor profile. Give me the, uh, the watermelon candy vibe. And it is so, so tasty, very light and refreshing, but still has enough like depth to it to make it interesting. Yeah. And I was just every sip was just delightful, and it lo- the uh, the color profile as well of the beer was interesting. It looked well, it looked like watermelon, but a little bit more brown, obviously, because there's hops in there. Yeah, um, yeah. and uh, so it was a really interesting, like hazy pink color. So that was kind of neat. And of course, cool. I don't know if I've seen that that specific color before, uh, but it was very very lovely. Um, I just wanted, I wanted to find what they had to say about it on Instagram, uh, cause I couldn't find anything on their website and it's, <laughs> it's, uh, their post is about it. it goes something like this. It's, oh no, oh no. Oh yeah. We've taken <laughs> o- over 500 years of German purity laws. The Reinheitsbegot. I, I, I botched that and throw them out the window for this beer. Why? Because of candy. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, there you go. So it is a, awesome. absolutely delightful. It looks like it was released around July 14th. So I imagine there, unless it's going to be a mainstay, it's going to be the supplies are limited. So if mm-hmm. in your independent liquor stores, it is definitely one to watch out for. You will not be disappointed with this. If you like, the watermelon candies, obviously. Yeah, Wild Eye has done some really good flavors um, in the past. I've always, during the Heat Dome a few years ago, they released like a watermelon pilsner or lager or something oh, like that. It was like a yeah, watermelon, yeah. I think it's called, they called it Seed Spitter. And I, I remember during the Heat Dome, just trying to stay cool and kind of coming across on Instagram and like being in the area and being like, yeah. And so I went in and they grabbed it and, and they were like, this just came out today. And I was like, I see that. <laughs> He's like, I just put it on the shelf like an hour ago. I'm like, I, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, oh. that was great. Have you actually been to Wild Eye before? Oh yeah, several times. Oh nice. It looks yeah, like yeah. a good spot. Yeah, it's cool. It's it's um, it's really hard to get to during rush hour because all of the second arrows bridge traffic lines up right in front of it. Oh, so no. so you kind of have to go in the left lane and then and then turn past the traffic into the parking lot and kind of be like, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to cut in. I'm just trying to cut across. <laughs> um, I just want to get to this brewery. <laughs> yeah. No, but the, the brewery spaces space is great. Uh, it used to be a bike shop. So it has like a big kind of like open area and um, uh, the, they've built out the patio and they have kind of like a covering on it. So it can be a solarium too. Uh, oh. They've got some really good food options there. Um, yeah, the, the food's always been quite good. And I think they have at least one pool table as well and some private space if you want to book off events and stuff. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Sweet. So, Jeff, what pizza place do you want to talk about? All right. Well, I want to talk about a place from what used to be my stomping grounds uh, back in the day in Mount Pleasant. This is a bit of a funny story for this one. So the place is called Pizzeria Grano. So the owners who are Dom and Frank Mora, uh, they owned a place called Via Terev, which is... 
probably not pronounced properly, but it is a um, uh, Nepalese pizza place, I think on Victoria Drive or Commercial Drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in 2019, they purchased the business license from a place called Don't Argue New York Style Pizza, which was a, uh, I guess, a, they wanted to to not do business anymore. I think it had been around forever. So they actually inherited the phone number, the business license, and the space. So like, I talked to someone one time and they said, yeah, for like months after they opened, they were getting calls being like, oh, we haven't ordered in a year, but we'd like to order. And they're like, oh, we're actually a new pizza place now. <laughs> so anyway, they, they do Napoli's pizza, which is, well, traditionally very strict on the way that it's uh, cooked and processed. And you have to use an exactly type of flour and it has to be the exact uh, shape and size and uh, has to be wood fired which they installed a wood fire uh, oven which is first of all it's like that alone is an animal that you have to control and learn how to you know keep the temperature perfect and the flame is not too high but keep the temperature up but not too high and you know um uh, and you know you have to get the pizza exactly the right size and pressed out and and they make all their dough and they make their pizza sauce from San Marzano uh, tomatoes. Anyway, they hired uh, someone named Lindsay to run the shop. Lindsay comes from a history of working at Heirloom Vegetarian and Glory Juice Co., which is kind of staples in the vegetarian and vegan cuisine in Vancouver, which was fitting because Pizzeria Grano decided to open as a fully vegan pizza shop, but doing ah. things in the Napoli style. So they opened and in 2020 great time to open great year uh and making most of their own cheeses uh they weren't they weren't like if you get a vegan pizza from domino's you get you know dia or you know violife or whatever and like all like the fake meats and stuff a lot of the stuff that they did was made in house or minimally processed um and they did homages to the napoli style they still kept the crust authentic and they kept the Mm. you know imported the olive oil and the San Marzano tomatoes, which have to be grown in a very specific region in Italy. Anyway, did that whole process. They had great success starting off. And as it started to taper, as most businesses do, they decided at the beginning of this year to start serving dairy cheese as well on their pizzas. And this came with a tremendous amount of backlash. I'm just going to come out and say it. The vegan community, especially in Vancouver, is ruthless. And they have, as the kids say, absolutely no chill. Um, they, uh, Fair enough, Pizzeria yeah. Grano announced this on Instagram and Facebook and just got obliterated with comments. People saying, um, you're selling out, you're adding cruelty, you're, you know, I'm never going back. Like, there's so few safe places for us vegans Whoa. to go and not have to see, like, all this, you know, cruelty on a plate or whatever. I personally right. think that this was a fantastic decision. Because they've established themselves as already having incredible vegan pizzas that can compete with any other pizza Mm -hmm. on Main Street. And if you're not getting the business, you have to pivot. And if the the vegans in Vancouver wanted to keep this a fully vegan place, then they should have supported the business better. And I'm going to stand behind that Mm -hmm. as a vegan in Vancouver. I did support the business. And but there's only so much you can do. I don't consider myself yeah. vegan anymore. I don't think that that is. Uh, uh, there's a lot of a lot of yeah. pride and ego behind veganism, and you know this company is planning on helping and like trying to do something. Like they're not 
fully adding meat to the menu. They're not completely rebranding. Even if they were, honestly, maybe it would have been a better call. They said, hey, this wasn't successful. We're shutting down and we're going to reopen as this new concept. Maybe that would have gone over better, but they've already established their name as this fantastic pizza place. Anyway, enough about that debate, Hmm. because what you need to know is they have now some incredible vegan and vegetarian options. Um, They also have, uh, you know, Caesar salad, uh, garlic knots, uh, baked caramelized onion and artichoke dip. Fantastic. They usually have specials as well. They, they usually have a weekly special pizza, which is either created by one of their staff or by one of the chefs um, who say, I think this would be good, and they try it, and it, and it often is, which is a great incentive to go back regularly. Um, they do have a, a lasagna and eggplant parmesan, which I think are kind of staples in the in the world of Italian cuisine. Um, now, in terms of mm. their... Oh, vegetarian options a lot of these have been adapted from vegan versions that they had every single one of them is also available vegan in because they already had the recipe but it also opens a little more options for them in terms of clientele that maybe isn't ready to make that full plunge or willing to try it they've got you know the classic margarita which is like the original napoli's pizza allegedly the reason why pizza was invented in the first place although that's up for debate the capricosa is a tomato fresh mozzarella plant-based sausage mushrooms artichokes niswa olives and basil so really nice balance between salty fresh you get that kind of spice from the sausage and and the, the umami from the mushrooms that's one of my favorites they have on the plant-based menu one of my favorite ones i've ever had is the beasting it is tomato sauce cashew cream cashew mozzarella oregano plant-based pepperoni shaved onion Calabrian chili and hot uh, plant-based honey, which um, I don't know what the base is for that, but it's kind of like a honey emulent and it is uh, spicy. And so you get that like hot and sweet on that, Mm. kind of going back to the honey that you mentioned on your bicycle pizza. Um, And yeah, uh, yeah, they got a ton of really good options. And (laughs) one of the the greatest things that they've ever done is they've put whipped potatoes on a pizza. No. Now, I I actually don't see that on the menu anymore. It looks like they've updated it to shaved crispy potatoes because what it looks like now is the updated version of that pie is roasted garlic puree base, olive oil, cashew mozzarella, basil, chili flakes, shaved crispy potatoes, red onions, almond parmesan, and a tarragon oil, which actually sounds really incredible. The whipped potato was fantastic, but it did get a little bit goopy. So I'm curious to try the shaved potato. I think that it would be like give that crunch and be really really tasty yeah you don't really think about putting a starch on a starch but then people put butternut squash on pizza all the time people put uh you know a variety of different things and i think there's it's just it's fun to play with the toppings and so they're doing this in a really traditional base kind of way where like you have like that really authentic crust the really authentic cook time which um i think it has to be like 90 seconds exactly and your temperature has to be at exactly certain heat to like be authentically a napolese uh, style pizza anyway they're doing very close to that but then also kind of incorporating these really fun elements and aspects whenever i've gone there i've had fantastic service they have a lot of local wines on their menu oh great they've got a few taps of beer that are all local uh within you know a stone's throw from the from the restaurant itself breweries or whatever they do carry arrow leaf which i've talked about as being one of my favorite yeah wineries ever they've got some good cocktails as well and they have this dessert called tiramisu i don't know if you've ever heard of it 
it just so happens to be one of my favorite desserts of all time, but so go on. Yes. <laughs> Tiramisu is basically a coffee-soaked cake oh, with so like uh, icing on it. That's a very dumbed-down version of what it is. <laughs> but this um, tiramisu, vegan or otherwise, is the best tiramisu I've ever had in my life, hands down, by miles. Wow. Absolutely incredible. It's so good. That it's even incredible and probably better than any tiramisu I've ever had day old in the fridge because I was too full to fill, to eat it and I just wanted to bring one home with me. No way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you absolutely must get the tiramisu if you go there. They have uh, an incredible happy hour. They've got plenty of snacks, pizzas on their happy hour menu, discounted prices. They've got a ton of drinks uh, from cocktail or beer on their uh, happy hour menu. They had or have still an extended patio onto the street when COVID allowed the main street, um, Vancouver allowed them to expand their patios. So it is not the world's greatest patio because it's right on the street, but you don't, you don't feel like you're, you know, beside a bunch of cars, um, (laughs) which is nice. And they do a really good job of kind of setting the mood of, of the patio and, and indoors and everything. It's like white and bright. And the kitchen is basically the focal point of the restaurant seating area where you have basically the entire interior is like a rectangle. And I would say half of that rectangle is taken up by the kitchen. And then there's like L shaped seating around it. Um, so there's basically, yeah. And like, no matter where you're sitting, sitting, you can watch the cooks work. Um, just getting flour everywhere. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't mean that as an insult. I think that's great. I think it's just like, you know, pizza pizza for days. So Always. yeah, originally they actually started selling their uh, pizza in the traditional Napoli's way where it was uncut and you would get it with a pair of scissors. So you could cut as you wished. Right. But then too many people were like, can I just have a cut? So they just yeah. decided to start cutting it. Although... No one complained about that. No. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's the business making the right choice. So, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's some other uh, uh, really great pizzas. I, I can't sit here and list all the, all the way through them because there's too many of them to list. Uh, right. I do highly recommend checking them out. And usually the the special is always very creative and really interesting. I had one that had king oyster mushroom scallops on it. So that it was like kind of, it was almost like a, it was almost like a scallop and white wine cream pizza. Yeah. Which you would normally get as like a pasta or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And that one, that one was very interesting. But yeah, super great. Uh, It still looks like it's the original team working there. Lindsay's still in charge. They do deliver through DoorDash and Uber Eats, of course, as you have to these days. Um, But you can also order pickup through their online software and not pay the additional fees of you know, DoorDash or Uber Eats, which nice, is I really like nice. Yeah. It's great. Definitely go check them out. So they're on Main Street. They're currently closed Mondays. And then they're open from the mid-afternoon until the evening on weekdays and from 1230 till the evening on Saturdays and Sundays. Their address is 3240 Main Street. And if memory serves, it is around 16th, Main Street and 16th. Nice. Yeah. It's weird for a Vancouver sh- store to be closed on a Monday. These days, it's not so much. Oh, really? 
Oh, yeah, either Mondays or Tuesdays are always the slowest, right. and it's a really great way to guarantee a day off for all of your staff Fair. and the chef and the owners, and there's nothing you have to worry about uh, when you're running a small business. It's a really great way to kind of narrow it down, and you know, you got to try something to make sure that you're able to still survive and thrive, right? So, Fair enough. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. I guess it's been a while since I lived there. <laughs> yeah, I think that after COVID, a lot of that changed. Yeah, fair. Well, that about wraps it up for this leg of our journey. Taste BC Radio is recorded, edited, and produced by Jeff Wilson and me, Dan Kavanaugh. You can continue the journey and check out everywhere we talked about today in the show notes and our Taste BC map. Make sure to follow us on Taste BC Radio on Instagram and Facebook, and we'd love to have you join our community on Patreon. Links are in the show notes. Tune in next time to find out what we will be tasting next. And never miss an episode by subscribing on your podcast app. In the meantime, make sure to rate and review the show. This really helps us grow and we really do appreciate the feedback. Until next time, support local and keep, keep it, it tasty. tasty. Nice. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> you weren't watching me. I was just giving you the double thumbs up. Oh, I was, I was looking at the website. My bad, my bad. <laughs> it's all good. I know that my face isn't worth looking at, so. Oh, it's very worth looking at. <laughs>